Believe in yourself, cause it starts with you, and then everyone else will believe you too. And if it looks like you're the only believer around, just keep on believing, don't put yourself down, just believe. Our guest this week grew up in Oxford, Michigan, and from 2004 to 2005 he was a guitar player, touring nationally. In 2008, a nine-year-old named Timmy transformed his life. Since 2011, he's been the founder and executive director of Love for a Child, which is a nonprofit serving Michigan children of foster care, traumatized by various forms of abuse, abandonment, and neglect. His name, Joseph Ali, and he's an angel for these kids. And I'm Jack Crisula, and this is Anything is Possible on 760 WJR. I'm Jack Crisula. This is Anything is Possible, and we're talking to Joe Savale, the founder and executive director of Love for a Child. Joe, welcome. I'm honored to have you. Hey, thanks, Jack. Great to be here. Can we start by talking about your childhood, your mom and your dad. Sure. Grew up in rural uh, Macomb County, Michigan. All-American sports player. Always tried to go against the grain. My father was a worship pastor of a local church. And um, my whole family was kind of known for entertainment, having uncles and different things and movies and different that thing. Like So I think there was just something in our blood that we always had to do something that was against the grain. Um, if it was normal, we went the other way. And so uh, had a great childhood over there in Macomb Township, graduated from a, a local high school there in 2002. And from that moment forward, uh, my dreams and visions started to just kind of uh, play with my head. And I wanted to see what I could do that no one else could do. And you've been walking to the tune of a different drummer ever since. Uh, something like that, yeah. What's the biggest thing you learned from mom, and what's the biggest thing you learned from dad? Um, the biggest thing I learned from my father is probably always to be authentic and real and intentional and truthful, and the results will follow. I wish I could say the same for my mother, but my mom was a 100% Polish redhead who had a zippy personality and would let telemarketers know who they went. But what I learned from her was how to have a strong voice. Maybe not in the way that sometimes I heard her say it, but I learned from her that it was okay to um, to speak up for yourself. And so uh, between my dad's authenticity and my mom's boldness, I fell somewhere right there in the middle. All right. You picked up the guitar. Yes, sir. And from 2004 to 2005, you were a guitar player touring nationally. Yes. Um Talk about those couple years of your life. Yeah. Age 19, um, I was an average musician. Could play the guitar, play the piano, could sing a little bit, but uh, always knew how to work a room with conversation. And so I was blessed with an opportunity to move out to the Los Angeles and Phoenix area as a musician, as a young guy. Toured with some known acts like Lifehouse back in the 2000s and a band called Hootie and the Blowfish for a while. And I was their opening act. It was uh, a three-man trio, learned how to be a stage presenter, learned how to win people over. And uh, it was an amazing opportunity at 19 and 20 years old to kind of learn the real aspects and the sidewalks of life. 
What was a typical day like, Joe, on the road? Um, somehow, you know, you lived off like $10 a day, some breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You would travel in a 15-passenger van to the next state. You would arrive there by 1, 2 o'clock, do a sound check real quick for 15 minutes, have five, six hours of downtime to go explore and see the city, and then get the privilege of performing at a live amphitheater that night for sometimes 500 people or sometimes upwards of 4,000 people, just depending on the city. And so, um, you know, the, the amazing part was you were always in front of people, but sometimes that could also be like the hardest part is that you don't know uh, when you can actually shut off that character and just uh, sit down and relax. You kind of felt like you were always in the entertainment aspect of that. Music. Yes, sir. Has often been called the universal language. Yeah. Why so? I think it's because it's unspoken. Like if you've ever been to a concert, you've ever watched a live band play, um, there's this like beautiful moment on stage when musicians will look at each other and they'll just be smiling or laughing. That usually means that they're in the pocket. They're, they did something that wasn't rehearsed, wasn't talked about, but it just organically worked out. And I think when you're chasing a moment like that and you get into it, it's kind of like a rush, uh, an adrenaline thing. It's a drug that you chase that over and over again. And so, yeah, it's amazing. For the audience, how and why does music move their souls so much? Well, I think whether you're celebration or you're in sorrow there is a song and a lyric that hits you in the heart wherever you're at and so i think that's why music for so many people is just an escape because uh, it tells the story for you and it's uh, something that you relate to all right back then were you happy were you fulfilled with that life i think that's the the greatest question you can ask me on this thing because you know, you're, you're 19, you're 20 years old, you're playing a guitar, you're coming off stages. No, I wasn't making money, I'll tell you that. But at some strange position at the same time, you could also be super unfulfilled. Uh, at times I didn't feel like myself, at times I didn't want to be a performer. And so, uh, believe it or not, in my two years of being a amateur musician, it was actually leading me more towards a, a life with, that was feeling purposeless. Um, because I knew at that point in time that it wasn't, I think I already knew that it wasn't gonna be a forever career for me. We're talking to Joseph Ali, and I quote him, a nine-year-old saved my life. When we come back, we're gonna ask him who and how. And I'm Jack Rasool, and this is Anything Is Possible on 760 W. JR. This is Anything is Possible. I'm Jack Rasula. We're with Joe Savale. <clears throat> if you want to learn more, www.loveforachild.org. Joe, let's go back. 2008. You're 22 years old, and you meet Timmy from Waterford. Yeah. It transformed your life. Please. That year, 
we had announced that we were going to put on a program, a summer camp for children inside the foster care system. I didn't really know much about children or foster care at all. But what I did know is that I, with a lot of energy, could put on a fun program for a week and give kids a blast. And what I was not prepared for was a nine-year-old boy from Waterford, Michigan, who had just a absolutely horrific story. You know, father was deceased, mother was in jail, uh, sister had drug-related problems of her own, and this nine-year-old boy, although um, a smile on his face, uh, was living in a nightmare. He was living in complete hell. And when I met him, I expected to meet this horrific child that certain people told me was filled with anger and filled with rage and trauma, and I prepared for the worst, but... Uh, the kid that I met was none of that, man. All right. You also got to know Pastor Joe Wintering. Correct. Who wanted these camps for these kids. Right. Paint for us a picture of the state of Michigan and foster care development back 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, for listeners listening in, Michigan has always been... Uh, challenged by having the resources or the financial means to provide a good pair of resources or services to families who sign up to be foster care parents. And so what we have seen now for two decades, and especially back then, um, people would sign up to do the miraculous for these kids, but uh, with no resources and services, they, they had nothing at their fingertips that would allow them to be successful for these children. And so uh, even, in, even now, fast forward 20 years, Michigan has been a top five worst state in the entire country for foster care development. Talk to us about the life of a child in foster care today, Joe. Yeah. Um, the average child in foster care Six out of 10 of them do not graduate high school. Over 75% of them at the age of 18 immediately are declared homeless or likely to become drug addicted. And, you know, in the state of Michigan right now, there's, you know, a little over 14,000 children in the foster care system. And I would say there's always about 2,000 trying to get in. There's just not enough homes for these kids to go to. There's not enough resources. And uh, the average child before the age of 10 uh, lives somewhere between four and six homes. All right. You and Michelle started Love for a Child, a nonprofit serving Michigan children of foster care. Yeah. And then you say traumatized by various forms of abuse, yeah. abandonment, and neglect. Really? Yeah. Today, abuse, abandonment, neglect? Yeah. Not in third world country, okay? In Michigan? Right. Yeah, you know, you like to think immediately in our judgmental brains that we immediately go to cities of poverty where we think that these problems are occurring, but a lot of times it happens in cities where there's a lot of wealth and money, um, and people are still in a very sick way, looking for an adrenaline rush or a high. And, um, you know, sex trafficking amongst minors right now is at an all-time high. I think it's something that through social media and different web platforms, it's been made aware to us. But abuse, abandonment, neglect, especially on foster care, um, has always 
been a thing. People don't love to listen to this statistic, but uh, a couple years ago, 75% of sexual abuse uh, claims on a minor took place inside of the Michigan foster care system. And so clearly there's a problem. Um, the system needs to be fixed and the qualifications to be a foster parent within these systems probably needs to be upgraded. But again, back to what I said a few minutes ago, when we're one of the top five worst states in the country for the development of these families and agencies, um, lack of better words, it's like trying to polish a turd. You know, it's just, we haven't figured it out. All right, we're talking to Joe Savale, www.loveforachild.org, which you founded in 2011. Correct. You and Michelle are a team working on it. Yes. Tell us about Love for a Child. Yeah. So Love for a Child is a program that serves children in foster care ages 6 to 12. The opportunity to come to week-long summer camps all across the state of Michigan, be enrolled into a direct mentorship program where the kids are seen every single month by a trained and informed volunteer. And then we provide many, many direct resources tailored for those families where their agencies have made a lot of promises but have not been able to serve. Uh, the best thing about this program is, although we're in four areas of the state of Michigan, we do not charge for one element of our program. It's 100% free of cost to families in foster care as we believe it's our mission and vision to serve these kids and give them the greatest gift they can give. All right. I'm going to read some things from your websites. Yeah. Most children within our program are destined to live in 10 homes before the age of 10. Clinical reports state they've been a victim of five or more abuse partners before the age of 10. Correct. Nearly 15,000 foster kids. Right. Um, what is the why of your organization? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, looking at those stats, we get hundreds of applications every single year for children in foster care to come to our program, but we flip through them and we try to find ones that are so overlooked that they become our direct focus for the entire year. A child who has lived in 10 homes before the age of 10 or have, has been an abuse victim by uh, five or more adults, unfortunately they get profiled into this uh, description that they're broken and nobody wants them. So the why is that we find that child who feels overlooked and we look them directly in the eyes and make them our intentional focus and not a project, because that sounds like a little bit demeaning, but to make them our focus so that we can give them a second chance where all of their chances have been robbed underneath their feet. www.loveforachild.org, Joe Savale. Joe, talk about the worst areas in Michigan. Uh, yeah, so um, I'm a resident of Oakland County, and Oakland County has some of its uh, more challenging parts, like the city of Pontiac, but we have a lot of children from that area as well. But then you can go to northern Rochester Hills and Lake Orion, and you can find these little pockets where wealth and money exists, and believe it or not, um, the same problem exists. So it's not just 
East Detroit. It's not just Flint, Michigan. It's not Detroit, Michigan. Uh, some of the worst hit areas are where um, wealth and money exist. So that's a hard question to really answer because I think people in their mind think it's just happen happening where cities have struggled for the last three decades with money. That's not the case here. We're talking to Joseph Ali. He and his team of six have four offices. Oxford, Holland, Frankenmuth, Traverse City. Correct. And I'm Jack Pasul, and this is Anything is Possible on 760 WJR. Welcome back to Anything is Possible. We're talking to Joseph Bob. God used a nine-year-old boy named Timmy to show Joe his life's purpose. Right. And you listened and you embraced it. And 14,000 kids in Michigan, foster yeah. care kids, are the better for it. You've got a team of six, 320 volunteers, okay, helping and You've got a series of six-day camps. Yes. And you call it a week of royalty. That's right. One more fact. Each camp, friends, bring 40 kids together with 100 volunteers. That's two and a half persons to focus on each right. kid. They ain't never had that kind of uh, yeah. uh, love, etc., Talk about this six-day camp. Yeah, we've been doing the six-day camp now for uh, 18 years. And what started off as just one camp has now turned into four. And as, Jack, you mentioned, 40 children, 100 volunteers per camp. The week of royalty is to take children who have had their childhood robbed from underneath their feet and give them six days where we call it kids get to be kids. A six-year-old or a 12-year-old who has been abused, abandoned, trapped in a closet, sent to multiple hospitals for injuries, or more frankly, these children have to be in courtrooms sometimes multiple times per month. So just think about your own children or a child you care about and go, man, they spend more time in courtrooms than they do playgrounds. And so we've given them the ultimate playground for six days girls go to a princess party and get salons to give them a makeover and new dresses and boys go in a mud walk and have uh, boy time and, and there's basketball and there's a carnival and hay rides and we go out on the lake fish but the difference is we're not just doing those things to spoil and entertain the kids uh, every step of the way we're celebrating them encouraging and allowing them to have a voice where we're listening and that goes a mile longer than you could ever imagine with these kids who have been told to be quiet, they've been shut out, they've been overlooked, and then they become the intentional focus for an entire week. Uh, it builds a lifelong friendship that uh, can never be broken. Describe the royal welcome. Yeah, so it's something that we do where the, a Greyhound bus picks up all 40 children um, at our offices. We take a short ride over to the camp and just imagine a hundred people standing out on a field. They light off these, these smoke bombs. The whole sky turns into a rainbow of colors. 
Each child has their name on a poster board that's been decorated. And when the bus pulls up, they all sprint to the bus. And um, when the volunteers get to the bus, they're, they're, you know, they're banging their hands on the windows, just screaming with excitement. And each child comes off the bus one by one by name. And we celebrate and we scream for them like it's the Super Bowl. And we truly believe that that is the moment where their trauma can slowly start to turn into trust by a simple celebration. All right. Let's say there's a listener tonight that says, Joe, yeah. I commend you and Michelle and your team. You guys are angels. Let's be real, Joe. Yeah. Six days out of 365 days is less than 2% of the days. Correct. I'm sure each week you do this camp, certain kids come up and say, Mr. Savale, do I have to leave? Right. Please let me keep this life. Yeah. Does it make a difference long-term for these kids? You know, I'm going to speak just from a place of truth that one of the children that was recently in our program this summer, you know, he, he had so much hurt and so much pain in his life that he shut out everybody. And he came up to me during this week of royalty and said, hey, would you mind if... I shared a message with all the other children. I said, sure, what is that message? And this boy, his name was Brandon, and he was a little bit older. He had been through a lot. He had a father very abusive, a mother drug addicted. He had been in multiples of homes before the age of 12. He thought everyone in the world had a darkness to them. Then he came to our camp where he was celebrated he was listened to. We encouraged him. We wiped his tears when he cried. We made sure a warm meal was in front of him multiple times per day. And all these simple acts of love that we take granted for every single day, this child got up and, and shared his story about how he regretted everything he's thought about people. And he encouraged all of the other children inside the foster care program that life is worth living and that it only takes one person to come into your life to listen to share to talk to support and that one person can redirect your path towards something great and for him uh, he had made mention to all of the other children at our camp that it was our team of a hundred that made him feel safe for the very first time in his 12 years of life and that he would leave that camp forever changed. If you're listening tonight and you want to be that one person, www.loveforachild.org. Joe, let's profile a couple. Timmy. Yeah. What's happened to him? So, you know, we look back at Timmy's life when he was 9, 10 years old and the challenges that he had in front of him. But, you know, part of our program... Uh, that you mentioned, Jack, is, yeah, the camp is only one week. But from age 10 to age uh, 18, we saw Timmy every single month. He was in our mentorship program. We were there for his first day of high school, his first touchdown, his prom. We were there when he needed help applying for college to help him fill out paperwork. And all these stats of a child that should never graduate high school and be drug addicted or be homeless... Timmy was a two-time state 
wrestling champion. He graduated high school with a 4.1 full ride scholarship to Oakland Community College. Uh, then went on to get a criminal justice degree and now is a sheriff in the city of Waterford. All of those things were proclaimed over his life at the age of 9 and 10 that they'll never happen. That he would be less than 1% to even graduate high school with a diploma. And Timmy, uh, in all of his beauty, overcame all of those statistics on his own. And he truly is a definition of bravery. And all we can take for credit is that we were there. We were just there to support him in whatever he needed. And I think sometimes we as humans overcomplicate that, is that we don't have to have all the right answers or all the right words. Sometimes just being there in the journey is what somebody needs. One more thing about Timmy. He's also the head male counselor for That's Love right. for a Child, too. Yes. So all right. Yep. Let's profile another one, Marvin. Yeah. So Marvin's a younger child. He is only 12 years old, but he's been in our program for three years. He's attended our camps uh, every summer for three years, and he's been mentored every single month for those three years. Uh, although he's adopted into a beautiful home now, the parents have asked us to stick around. They say that we were one of the most influ influential group of people that have ever come into his life. Marvin is one of six children. He doesn't get to see his other five siblings. Not even sure where mom and dad could possibly be left alone, stranded, and one family scooped him up in the foster care system and, and saw how beautiful he was and, and they adopted him. But Marvin has taught us that um, living life like a kid is what all of our, us adults should tap into. You know, he's got, uh, you know, a fart joke in his back pocket anytime he wants you to get to laugh, but his heart is full and he just wanted to be a kid. And um, he was forced to grow up a little bit too quickly. And so he was a, he was teaching us for a long time that we should all slow down life and chase our inner child. One more, Courtney. Courtney. That one's a hard one, Jack. Um, Courtney was a little blonde, blue-eyed, amazing young girl that my wife, Michelle, and I truly felt like we wanted to adopt. And, you know, I, you know, this is where the, the realness of foster care comes into play. We pursued adoption and we prayed about it. And Michigan, as a government, had a different plan for Courtney. And we are told that she's now living back with her biological parents, which I know a lot of people on this, uh, in this audience could say, isn't that, isn't that great? But I think for this little girl, that was probably one of the worst things that could have happened. And uh, so we still question and wonder where she is today and how life is looking for her. But, um, you know, I, I wish uh, I wish she was part of my family. I didn't have that option. And sometimes you have to just give it up to God and hope that she's living a fulfilled life and she's protected. But, uh, you know, at this exact moment uh, in 2023, we, uh, we're not exactly sure where she's at. We're talking to Joe Savali, and I'm Jack Rasul, and this is Anything is Possible on 760 WJR. Jack Rasul, host of WJR's Anything is Possible, the weekly radio visit. 
brings his 15 years of inspirational storytelling to hardcover. With God, anything is possible. of Jack's more than 750 tales of defeating odds and achieving the extraordinary. Like Bob Woodruff, whose job covering the war in Iraq nearly cost him his life. And Nick Vujicic, the limbless evangelist who has stunned millions with his message of acceptance and grace. With God, anything is possible. Order now while signed copies are still available at trustinusllc.square.site. That's trustinusllc.square.site. And as Jack says, Make it a great week because with God, anything is possible. Spoholm. Anything is possible. I'm Jack Rasula. This is Anything is Possible. We're talking to Joe Savali. Since 2011, he's been the founder and executive director of Love for a Child. What do you ask of the volunteers? Yeah, we're pretty strong with how we vet our volunteers because we're not in it just for an Instagram like or a Facebook post. We're in it for people who want to fulfill their own purpose in life, fill that hole in their heart that maybe they're still trying to chase. And we don't ask for a certain skill set or any type of degree in social work. We're asking for people who only want to be wildly intentional for a child, to give it their all and be fully invested in every moment that we have with the kids. Because for these children, um, all of their moments have been shattered or stolen. And quite honestly, I mean, in, in our own world, from our careers, our jobs, our day-to-days, our, the bills and the things that come through the mailbox, so many people are living with their own anxieties and depressions and challenges and hurts and however you want to call it. And we think that um, this camp is duly focused, that we're there to help the children, but nine times out of ten, the children are the ones showing us something we didn't know existed within ourselves. And so we ask that volunteers come with an open mind, but more importantly, an open heart. Joseph, <clears throat> speaking of which, what have these kids taught you <clears throat> these past 17 years? Yeah, I think I've had a lot of um, travels and different careers, and these children are a reminder that you can never take a day for granted. You don't know that if in the middle of the night one of these children can be picked up by van and moved to a different city, fearful, scared, wondering why is this happening and why are they taking me there? And so I think for, for me it's been uh, no matter how hard our lives can get and can be and the journeys that are in front of us, for these children their stories are so broken and shattered and hurt that it's a reminder that whatever you're going through uh, there's a child out there that's probably going through twice as much another listener Joe hmm. you've let go and let God you've learned to live your life trusting God yeah <clears throat> I believe God is calling me to a unique life of purpose 
but I'm afraid to accept it, to trust him. What do you say to me tonight? I say that's the definition of faith, that some of the best rewards in life are the things that are inside the unknown and the unclear. And we can either sit back and question and wonder what are those purposes and how are they going to present themselves. And I would probably tell you this, and I would tell the audience this, that sometimes we as people want to know the blueprint of life. And if it was laid out in front of us contractually, we would find our complete inner peace from the information that we were reading. We know the timeline. We know how much we're getting paid. We know our purpose. We know exactly where we're going to be in 5 and 10 and 20 years from now. We find peace in the information, but when you are trusting God and you're operating in faith, you find your peace in the relationship, the relationship with him, the relationship with the child, the relationship with your peers, and that's operating in true, clear, and undignified faith. www.loveforachild.org. Joseph Ali, many people admire you. And rightfully so. Sure. Who do you most admire? You know, um, I probably admire uh, all of the pastors in my life who have taught me that very focus of faith and to not worry about everything that uh, people are going to say about you and do what God has called you to do. And those mentors and those pastors in my life have have spoken so much truth. And at a young age, I probably deflected it and rejected it because I was, again, always going against the grain. But as I got a little bit older and a little bit more wiser, I realized all of those truths would revisit the surface and um, those have really molded and shaped my life. Four months ago, middle of May, you had a charity event in Little Caesars Arena. Yeah. Um, you had 14 chefs. Yes. Must have went home filled that night. Yeah. Uh, talk about that night. Yeah, we wanted to put on an event uh, called Eat, Drink, Love, where all of these great chefs from all over the state of Michigan and highlighted in Detroit would put an amazing meal together for the participants attending. What we were not prepared for was it was a beautiful night at Little Caesars Arena in the month of May. The weather was perfect. The food was great. But the best thing that could have happened was uh, raising a little over $300,000 for the children that we serve in foster care. And we had never done this event before, but we'll be doing it again in 2024. There was a man, there was a man, Dr. Joe White, Canakic Ministries. Um, He's been doing this for 40 years, camps all summer with tens of thousands of kids and volunteers. And he makes a statement, kids are the greatest natural resource in America. And kids spell love, T-I-M-E. Please. I think that is our mission right there, is time is when you can actually turn off the clock and build intentional moments for children that would create a lifelong childhood, you know, Polaroid of memories for them. For the kids that we serve inside courtrooms, inside psychiatry offices, counselor offices, we've opened up 
the old-fashioned way of being a kid, having fun, and cherishing those moments. As our time winds down, if there's a young person tonight or yeah. an adult that's down and out, dark time, what would you say to that human being? I would say that we all naturally have hurts, challenges, down and outs in our lives. But I would encourage you to keep your chin up, keep your head up, because down the street, around the corner, in your neighborhood, is a child of foster care who has had their entire life ripped out from under their feet. They didn't deserve it. They don't know it, but they blame themselves for it. And if you could look that child in the eyes and have an opportunity to talk to them and put your own sorrows to the side, what would you tell them? Would you pick them up or would you just use that opportunity to play the fiddle and, and talk about your hurts and pains? And I think we've operated for the last 20 years based on how can we pick these children back up? Joseph Ali, you're a shining example of letting go and letting God. Yes, sir. To you and your team, Thanks very much. Keep up the great, great work. Thank you. Please join us next Saturday. Until then, I'm Jack Prasula. Thanks for listening. Make it a great week because with God, anything is possible. Spall. Believe in yourself.